Good evening and welcome to the Snake River Lib. It's the 24th of January, Monday, and it appears that we're edging ever closer to some sort of a war in Ukraine and that somehow we're going to be involved in it. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Because of the president's inept press conference last week, the world is now shaking in the idea that Russia was given the green light from the president to go ahead and move into Ukraine, not as an invasion, but to foment sufficient problems there that may justify some sort of action. By the way, for those of you who who know, history does repeat itself. The best thing that we can do about history is to learn from it, and sadly that's the one thing that we almost never do is learned from history, and it's obvious that we have not learned from history at this point. We just closed out a 20-year war in Afghanistan, a war which essentially was won in weeks. Taliban were defeated. Al-Qaeda was, was um, ripped out. But then we decided that we were going to build a Western-style democracy. Now, the Lib, of course, in those days, uh, supported the idea of trying to spread democracy and the libs since repented while it's is true that that a western style democracy is better perhaps than than uh, utter chaos although uh, i think that history has shown us that may not be the case what is important is that the people have to want it You cannot come in, well, I guess we did in Japan after World War II, but generally you cannot go into a country, rip up any kind of uh, governmental structure there is, which there wasn't much in Afghanistan, try to establish a central government in Afghanistan where there never really has been one. And not only that, but but do many things which people that are traditional um, believers of Islam may may seem to be an affront to their religion. And this being done, of course, by infidels, what they consider infidels, outsiders. And so that dragged out. People died, people died, people died. 
in 2008 when President Obama er, was elected. And I talked about the good war, which was in Afghanistan, and the bad war, which was in Iraq. In reality, there's no such thing as a good war. And it was during the process of what happened in Iraq, and, and I'll never forget the... the speech that was given by Clint Eastwood at the 2012 uh, Republican National Convention. Um, where he pointed out the fact that if you're going to surge troops, but yet you're telling them, telling your enemy how long they're going to be there before they leave, what's the point of even going? Because all you've done is told them how long they have to last and hide. And Clint Eastwood was right. And yet Afghanistan dragged on. President Trump had made a deal with the Taliban to be out in May of 2020. One of the many things that Joe Biden did, uh, you know, that he wanted to do to try to uh, erase the Trump presidency from history was to say, no, we're not leaving in May. We're going to exp extend out to August. And I don't think his intention ever was to leave, except for finally they said, well, we have to. Taliban was saying we're going to start doing this, that, or the other. Uh, the American people are tired of war. Tired of of sons and daughters being sent into a place where no with no clear mission, and not just Afghanistan, but Iraq and the Middle East, and pretty much everywhere. No clear mission, no end in sight. And so the president just bit went with it. We're withdrawing. Promised to leave no one behind, left thousands behind. Well, guess what? Um, the United States government has advised all non-essential personnel in Ukraine to leave. Without talking to our NATO partners, without talking to Europeans. Because, by the way, the Europeans don't see a need for it. Think about that for just a moment. The Europeans don't see a need to be evacuated from Ukraine. Germany is in, in talks with Russia right now over the whole Ukraine situation. wonder why that is. The United States has put 8,500 soldiers on uh, heightened alert in case there's any kind of response for NATO. So here we go again. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Would Germany and other nations in Europe be so quick to capitulate to Russian demands if they were receiving, say, for example, natural gas from the United States or oil. Because guess who supplies Europe with oil and natural gas? Vladimir Putin does. Russia. In fact, the United States, President Biden, facilitated or lifted the sanctions on his pipeline. 
all the while creating an energy dependency in the United States once again because it was Trump's legacy, one of Trump's legacies was that we were energy independent. Can't have that. At what point do you think the do we put value in Ukraine's sovereignty when we do not value our own? I mean, it's clear that the that that the current administration does not value our sovereignty because they do not secure the border. And yet they're willing to send our soldiers, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, fathers, mothers, into harm's way because of a border incursion on the other side of the globe. There's no national security issue involved between Ukraine and Russia. But if you listen to Democrats today, you would be reminded, again, back to the 2012 debate when Mitt Romney, incorrectly, by the way, I would say, uh, said that Russia was uh, probably the greatest... uh, geopolitical challenge for the United States and Barack Obama said that the 80s called and they wanted their foreign policy back and yet look where we are now by the way my answer would have been China even then you know we've tried to pave the way first by by uh, um Nixon's visit since then by uh, ignoring the Tiananmen Square catastrophe, by paving the way for China to enter the WTO and get most favored nation trade status before that from us, all the while thinking that all of this economic prosperity is going to bring about freedom, and it hasn't brought about freedom for anyone. You know, we worry about Russia and what they're doing to Ukraine, and what I mean, what they could do to Ukraine as well. And yet, do we express the, do we even take the posture of Hong Kong, Taiwan, Tibet, or the Uyghurs in China? These are all people that are under direct threat. Tibet and the Uyghurs have been under the thumb of the Communist Party of China for generations. Hong Kong just recently, and they found out, by the way, how much that that treaty was worth when Great Britain ceded Hong Kong over to the communist Chinese government. All the promises were broken. 
And then there's Taiwan. Are we willing to go to war? Because of any threats to Taiwan? I would say, by the way, that Taiwan is a far more important uh, issue of national security for the United States than Ukraine. Uh, I read an article last week by Pat Buchanan, who was uh, at one time a Nixon speechwriter, uh, was really um, the national populist before Trump. Uh, he actually ran a primary against a sitting Republican President George H.W. Bush and hurt Bush, perhaps fatally for the 92 election. Pat Buchanan opined that, that perhaps the best way to de-escalate the situation in Ukraine there's for the United States to make a, a decision, unilaterally if necessary, that Ukraine is not, nor ever will, will be, a member of NATO. You see, Putin feels like establishing these NATO states all around Russia is a threat, which it is. But let me ask you this. Cuba it used to be a Soviet client. Now they're just a communist crap hole. How would we feel if Russia staged nuclear submarines at Cuba? Or moved troops there? 90 miles from our shore. Oh, wait, there was nearly a war over that in the 1960s, wasn't there? The Cuban Missile Crisis. No soldiers required, just nukes. Do you understand now why perhaps Putin is a little bit concerned about Ukraine? I'll be right back. And welcome back to the Lib. Um, you know, you, can't, you hate to keep beating a dead horse, but uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, released their uh, numbers for December today. Um, usually that's released much earlier in the month. Understandably why they didn't release it so soon. In December of 2021, um, 178,840 illegal immigrants were encountered on the southern border. That's 11 straight months that the number is over 100,000. What happened? 11, oh, yeah, Joe Biden was inaugurated. Uh, as a comparison... 73,000, almost 74,000 were encountered in December of 2020. 
And that they don't see a problem with that. They believe that the idea of telling people that they should stay in their country and apply for immigration status to the United States is immoral. They say the idea of telling people that they're not going to get in until their cases have been reviewed or application for asylum has been made, which was the Trump's Trump's uh, remain in Mexico policy, is immoral. Here's what they don't think is immoral. Letting drug and human traffickers control the border. Letting drug and human traffickers decide who gets to cross. Staging the people that are going to be, that are going to overwhelm the local Border Patrol agents so that they will get caught. Meanwhile, they traffic drugs and slaves elsewhere. That's more moral to them than telling people that if you leave your place to try to come to the United States, we're not going to let you in until we account for you and until we either approve, we approve your status. You see, if people know that at the start, how many of them are going to leave? You know, they talk about these countries. But, you know, the only people that can leave are people that can afford to leave, just like white flight out of inner cities. And so what does that leave behind? That leaves behind the exploiters or the looters and everybody else that can't get out. Countries are worse off and will never be able to grow themselves out of where they are. Because all the best and brightest have left. to come to the United States. Wouldn't it be better for the United States to say, you can't come here? You know, looking for economic freedom, you know, is not enough. It used to not be enough. You had to have a real threat for your life. But remember, to the Biden administration, it is more moral to allow trafficking of humans and drugs by the cartels than it is to tell people to stay home and apply for their immigration status to the United States. For people 
to be pay thousands of dollars to be brought to the border for girls to be put on birth control as as young as in their you know 10 or 9 so that when they are raped by the traffickers they don't get pregnant that that's more moral than having people apply to immigrate to the United States. That's not me saying that, by the way. That's uh, Mayorkas. Now, he wouldn't put it to you that way because he doesn't acknowledge that the cartels control the border. Not a single person crosses the Rio Grande or the border in Arizona, New Mexico, California without the cartels allowing them to. So I say again, who controls the borders? Not us. Far better would it be instead of sending troops to Ukraine to send those troops to the border and to lock it down, to not let anyone cross. Tucker Carlson has a, an originals show on Fox Nation, their, their streaming service. And he interviewed the Prime Minister and other uh, officials of the Hungarian government in Europe. Hungary has a very simple policy. They have a, they have a two-fence system Somebody gets over the first fence, they're picked up, they're brought in, and it's decided whether they can stay or leave. And nine times out of ten, they are escorted outside of the fence. It's that simple. What do we do here in the United States? For those that we catch... We tell them that they should appear at a court at a certain date. And then we give them transportation somewhere in the United States. Probably a red state because they're more likely to take care of them. Be compassionate. And hopefully those people will become citizens one day and remember that it was the Democrats that let them in. A little too partisan for the lib. Let me know what you think. The lib is uh, all for immigration. Legal immigration. And if you want to change it, change the laws the right way. Don't sit there and try to ram your, your one-sided agenda through, hoping that you can get it through with enough votes on your side of the aisle. Real change requires sitting down with people on the other side of the table. And I will point out again as I close up that President Donald Trump put his coalition severely at risk right off the bat. 
in his administration. He wanted he wanted his wall, and he was willing to give the Democrats what they wanted, comprehensive immigration reform, which likely included a path to citizenship and the amnesty. Well, amnesty for sure, but likely a path to citizenship. And he is willing to put that on the line to screw his own base over to get his wall. Which, when you talk about the money we're spending today, is chump change. Tell me one thing that President Biden has done that he was willing to put his support from his base at risk. But instead, in trying to force through the agenda that he was elected to stop. Joe Biden was the nominee for the Democrats because they didn't want Bernie Sanders. And what did they get? They got Bernie Sanders light, but Bernie Sanders nonetheless. Joe Biden didn't run as that Democrat. And the little that he campaigned, he did make a a few stupid remarks, but ultimately he wasn't about all of that. Right up until he was sworn in. It's the Snake River Lib.